0: Insider, a Claritas podcast for marketers focused on finding and targeting their ideal customers at scale. I'm your host, Monique Ruiz. From September 15th to October 15th every year, we celebrate National Hispanic Heritage Month, which pays tribute to the achievements of this extremely influential community and recognizes their contributions to the U.S. If you've been following along with Claritas for a while, you'll know that we don't just champion Hispanic Americans during this single month, but rather every day of the year, and we encourage those of you listening to do the same. But we did just release our annual Hispanic market report, so I've invited Ron Cohen, VP of Practice Leadership here at Claritas, to talk to us a little more about some of the findings of this report. I've also invited Henry Gomez, VP of Strategic Planning at Zuby Advertising, on to speak more from the perspective of brands. What are they doing to reach Hispanic consumers in an authentic and responsible way with their marketing efforts? And where does an agency like Zuby fit into the mix to help connect these brands with consumers? As always, we've got a lot to get through in 30 minutes, so let me reintroduce you to our first guest, Ron Cohen. Ron Cohen whose voice you'll likely recognize from several other podcast episodes of The Marketing Insider. Ron, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hi, Monique. Great to be back.
0: Glad to have you. So I'd imagine most of our listeners know you by now, but our numbers have grown since you were last on the podcast. So can you reintroduce yourself uh, for those that do know you and introduce yourself for the first time for those that don't know you, as well as give us a little bit about what you do here at Claritas.
1: Oh, how much time do we have? No,
2: sorry.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, you gave my title for what that's worth. I'm a subject matter expert. I get involved on the commercial side. I get involved on the product side. And I get involved with the uh, thought leadership and marketing pieces, such as the Hispanic Marketing Report that we're going to discuss today. So I do a little of everything.
0: Yeah, we love Ron on the marketing side because he's very helpful for what we put out. (laughs) Uh, So you heard me mention in the intro that we did just release that highly anticipated 2021 Hispanic Market Report to coincide with Hispanic Heritage Month, and we know that multicultural consumers make up a little over 40% of the total U.S. population, but how big is the Hispanic population within that overall number, and does that provide any significance that should be especially important to marketers?
1: i'll start with the basics they are by far the largest of the multicultural segment there are over sixty-three and a half million, um over 19 percent of the total u.s pop so if 40 percent is multicultural and over 19 are hispanic you can see that that's almost half of the right. multiculturals they are a fast-growing population segment it's expected to number over 70 million within five years when they'll represent over 20 and a half percent of the population um they will contribute about two thirds of the projected growth in population over the next five years. That's okay. significant. Yeah, if you think in terms of spending power, that's the the spending power of Hispanic households is right around two trillion dollars this year, and that will grow disproportionately as well as their population grows uh, in proportion to the total population. So, for example. 17% of the households right now, approximately, are Hispanic, but they will contribute 34% of the growth in spending on apparel mm-hmm. over the next five years. When that number will reach 48.5 billion dollars just among Hispanic households, or two-thirds of the spending growth in auto parts, equipment, and accessories will come from Hispanics over the next five years. When that figure will exceed one and a quarter billion dollars. So disproportionately in selected categories, Hispanics are going to contribute to the growth, not just in population, but in spending
0: as well. Right. If your advertising budgets are kind of stretched thin and you can only reach Hispanic audiences in a few markets across the U.S., which ones would you suggest focusing on based purely on numbers?
1: So some of the top DMAs for Hispanic population are... are Yeah, the obvious ones, Los Angeles, New York, Mm -hmm. Houston, Miami, Dallas, Chicago, each one of those has over 2 million Hispanics at the DMA level. If you're looking to catch the ongoing wave of Hispanic growth in some of the smaller, more affordable markets, uh, we would suggest looking at places like Orlando or Tampa or Jacksonville where Hispanic population is expected to grow at around 20% over the next five years. Okay. It's been growing at at a tremendous rate.
0: And, you know, even the smallest budgets, they ultimately stretch further when you're kind of reaching that right audience and not just mass marketing. So what are some of the steps that you would take to evaluate if those markets offer opportunity for your business?
1: Well, if you're marketing to Hispanics and these markets the the ones we just named, would certainly represent significant opportunities for your business. Mm -hmm. You can use Claritas data to quantify these opportunities. You can use our data to enrich your own CRM databases so that you can measure and locate these opportunities within your markets. If you're not marketing to Hispanics, we would say you're missing out on tremendous growth opportunities.
0: Exactly. So something marketers may or may not know is that Hispanic consumers tend to be more digitally savvy than other population segments. And what are some of the digital behaviors that you can share that might help marketers decide which channels to concentrate their advertising on?
1: Sure. Well, Hispanics definitely use social media and streaming services at much higher rates than the general population. So for example, uh, Instagram, 33% greater than the than average, mm. Netflix, 63% above average, Hulu, 29% above average. Um, Hispanics also tend to use their, their mobile data subscriptions as their primary source of internet access. Okay. More than half of Hispanics out there are what we call cord cutters, no more cable subscription. So they're streaming everything and they're using their mobile phones um, as a primary internet access device. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, hearing you say that Hispanic consumer stream Netflix in particular at such a high rate, it kind of stands out to me because I was doing a little bit of research and I came across an entertainment industry diversity think tank—that's a mouthful—that uh, did <laughs> <laughs> that did a Netflix audit last year, and they saw between January 2018 and December 2019, under five percent of main cast members went to Hispanic actors and filmmakers during that time. Does that mean that Netflix is missing out on opportunity? Well, it's
1: not just Netflix, certainly Netflix and and the whole entertainment industry. If Mm. if MPAA, which is not a mouthful, (laughs) they did a study pre-COVID, pre-COVID, that found that Hispanics are purchasing about 23% of all the movie tickets in the U.S. That's more movie tickets per capita than any other demographic group.
0: Wow. Okay. And you did mention um, mobile phones earlier. So what about cell phone usage? A lot of folks, like you said, they're streaming Netflix on their phones. And I'd venture to say most kind of Instagram visits come from a mobile device too. So it's easy to assume that everyone has a cell phone these days, but is that true with the Hispanic um, consumer base?
1: Almost. Our research shows 99% of Hispanics use a cell phone. Okay. Um, so that's almost all. The, yeah. the thing to bear in mind is that they're uh, 27% more likely to switch or consider switching over the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, our research indicates they're switching at a much higher rate than, than other groups.
0: Yeah, that's definitely not good for business if a quarter of your population segment has potentially got one foot out the, the door. So what can providers do to try to avoid a mass exodus of their customers?
1: Well, we have research that shows who's switching and uh, what provider they're switching from and what provider they're switching to okay. so that you can look at that and try to figure out uh, where your competitive advantages are and and understand where the customer satisfaction levels are and where there's room for improvement and and run a campaign to address these accordingly. You know, we can deliver highly targeted audiences for these purposes.
0: Perfect. So I'm taking a quick glance at the clock, and we are running a little bit low on time, and I do still have some questions I want to ask Henry. So let me end our conversation with just one more question for you, and then we'll take a quick commercial break, and I'll come back with Henry Gomez from Zuby Advertising. I know this question won't be a difficult one for you to answer, but it is a pretty serious topic and it can be challenging to navigate for some marketers. Uh, There are agencies, retailers and other companies that specifically aim to reach multicultural consumers. And then there are other brands and marketers who avoid marketing in this way because they're afraid of coming across unintentionally exclusive rather than inclusive How would you address marketers that have those concerns? Are they valid or are they missing a bigger picture?
1: Well, the bigger picture is that there is an unambiguous trend in the U.S. towards multiculturalism. Even within the multicultural groups, including and maybe even especially Hispanics, the trend is toward biculturalism. Mm -hmm. It's easy to understand that some brands might want to avoid coming across as exclusively targeting certain groups, um, to use your term, uh, in their mass media campaigns. That's why we offer highly targeted audiences for digital campaigns, where they can be reached with appropriate messaging that will resonate, given their cultural background.
0: Well, Ron, it is always a pleasure. So thank you for coming on with me today.
1: My pleasure, as always, Monique.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll talk to Henry Gomez of Zubi Advertising. In Claritas's 2021 U.S. Hispanic Market Report, we provide unique data like what you heard Ron and I talk through, analytics, and actionable industry insights that will help you effectively engage the fast-growing Hispanic population now and into the near future. Get actionable insights into their behaviors, preferences, spending habits, and more when you download your very own copy of this report. Visit our website, www.claritas.com, and click on the Insights tab in the navigation bar. There, you'll find a ton of free resources, like the Hispanic Market Report. That's claritas.com, or check the show notes to find the direct link to the 2021 U.S. Hispanic Market Report. And now, back to the episode. We're back from our commercial break, and I'm now joined by our next guest, Henry Gomez. Henry is the Vice President of Strategic Planning at Zuby Advertising, a full-service, award-winning advertising and marketing agency with a decades-long track record of sustained, results-driven innovation. The team at Zuby are thought leaders in the multicultural marketing space, so we're extremely excited to have Henry on to talk to us about the Hispanic market in particular. Henry, welcome to The Marketing Insider.
2: Hi, thank you, Monique.
0: Yes. So since it is your first time on our podcast, would you do me a favor and introduce yourself and the role you play at Zubi Advertising?
2: So um, I started working in Hispanic advertising uh, 25 years ago. I just had my 25th anniversary in February.
0: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. And as you said, I... Um, oversee, I'm the the head of strategy at Zuby, so I oversee, you know, account planning, our research function, our analytics function, and also we have an experiential marketing practice, and so I oversee experiential strategy. Um, You know, I like to say that since joining Zuby, it's like being a baseball player that you know, plays in and around New York and finally getting a chance to play for the Yankees. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy to, to, to be at Zuby and, uh, you know, it's been a long career and I hope to close it out here for sure.
0: Nice. We like to hear those stories so henry we're currently in hispanic heritage month and zuby has been an icon for nearly 50 years when terry zuby zaretta first opened her doors to sort of help connect brands with hispanic consumers i've got a two-part question to get us started Uh, in what ways has the hispanic market in the u.s evolved over the years that continues to allow zuby to champion this consumer and how does advertising to hispanic consumers differ from advertising to a more general market?
2: So everyone knows or should know the explosive growth of the Hispanic market, Mm -hmm. Um, not just in terms of the population, but in terms of pretty much every socioeconomic indicator there is. Um, I like to say, you know, we had this immigration boom in the country during the 90s and 2000s, and that was followed up by a baby boom among those immigrants. So the market is getting you know, more and more complex. It's always been a spectrum uh, rather than a monolithic market, but it's even more true today. At Zubi, it's important for us to champion the entire market and not just the Spanish dominant segment. So I see, you know, that in culture advertising part of it as as being something that we used to talk about a lot, um, but. Hispanic marketing was kind of relegated to Spanish language. I think now in practice, it's become a lot more about not only in language, but in culture.
0: Right. This is a, a conversation that we have quite frequently in our business, but for every brand or company that shows commitment to diversity and inclusion in their marketing efforts throughout the year, and not just for one cultural heritage month, there are several that unfortunately miss the mark, and I feel like consumers know this, they recognize this. So how can a brand that has historically not successfully embraced multicultural marketing kind of pivot their strategy to authentically connect with these audiences?
2: I have um, you know, a pretty strong opinion about this. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in the power of the Hispanic market. But mm-hmm. I think that in the beginning, in the infancy of our Hispanic advertising industry, um, I, I think mistakes were made. And I think one of the mistakes that was made by a lot of agencies was trying to scare advertisers by telling them, you know if you don't do this right you're going to alienate consumers you're going right. to I don't believe in in that approach i think it's really overstating it i think that for a marketer the worst case scenario isn't that consumers feel alienated by your brand i just don't think consumers care enough to about you to, to feel alienated and i think this is true in all advertising not just multicultural advertising most people don't think about brands that often or or give them that much thought so Really what you're fighting is against the oblivion of them not thinking about you at all. Mm -hmm. So I think the companies that check the box and do something during Hispanic Heritage Month, it's not so much that they're alienating people, but they're just wasting their money because it's not really part of a thought out strategy that's going to take place over several years. As Byron Sharp has taught us all, advertising is about creating mental availability and that's a 365 day a year job.
0: Exactly. When I first talked to Victor Holland here at Claritas, who was the one who put me in touch with you, he was telling me a little bit about the clients that you support. And I know Zuby's been Ford's uh, Hispanic advertising agency for years now. So can you tell our listeners about how that relationship began and kind of the type of work that you do together as it relates to the Hispanic market?
2: Yep. So in 1996, Ford put out an RFP for a Hispanic agency of record mm. and Zubi participated in that review. And it, it lasted several months. Our founder Tere Zubizarreta invested about a hundred thousand dollars. She invested it on research, on hiring consultants, on travel, all to try to win the pitch. Wow. And, and that was no small amount. I mean, no, you got a hundred thousand no. dollars for an independent, small advertising agency. Uh, but Tere to her credit, she was big on investing to win new business, mm-hmm. and Zuby won. So it's been more than twenty-five years, and I don't think there's a lot of clients and agencies that can trace their relationship back mm-hmm. that far. And our relationship with Ford continues to be a strong one, you know, despite the fact that all the changes at the client side, on the agency side, in the country, and and in the industry. I really, I marvel at as guts and the fact that that investment is paid off, you know, by orders of magnitude. Right. And I I think about all the vehicles we've helped Ford sell in 25 years. And also on a human side, like at Zuby, like all of the people that have come through the doors at Zuby and have had their mortgages paid or their kids college tuition paid because of that gamble, that investment that, that, that it made so long ago. So today, we're continue to be Ford's tier one national Hispanic agency of record. So all that brand advertising that, you know, you see at a, at a national level. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also just import, just as importantly, we work with uh, several Ford dealer associations as their tier two AOR. So tier two are those dealer groups, you know, the sales events, the more retail side of, of the business. And we also work on Ford's uh, Lincoln luxury brand.
0: Wow! Wow! So you kind of answered my my next question, but you know, what about key performance indicators? So what type of KPIs has Ford seen from their dedication to Hispanic consumer-focused marketing? I'm I'm wondering if there's something you might mention that would help just help reinforce the importance of a strategy that not only includes but puts multicultural consumers at the forefront.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because KPIs on the multicultural front are more difficult than on the overall general market, right? From, you agree. know, it de- especially depending on the category. I worked on the McDonald's account for five years and another agency, and it's you have a lot of metrics that are approximate what you really want to measure, which is how many what percentage of your sales are going to Hispanics, but it's mm-hmm. not so easy because we don't have barcodes on our foreheads that say whether <laughs> we're Hispanic or black right. or whatever. So it's really difficult, but fortunately on Ford on the automotive space, there's a lot of good data. We have an ongoing brand tracker. Um, there's industry sources like IHS and NVCS. Um, we do our own quantitative and, and qualitative. Uh, our tier two efforts are anchored in local insights. And of Mm -hmm. course, for that, we rely on, on things like Claritas. So um, we're, we're very fortunate in that sense. You know, the, the metrics that we tend to look at on on the Ford side are things like Hispanic industry unit volume, market share and Hispanic penetration. In other words, what percentage of new vehicle buyers uh, either in a segment or overall are, are Hispanic. Okay. And and we can detect long-term trends with this data. It helps feed our strategic planning process each year. Of course, nothing happens in a vacuum and advertising is only one part of the equation. Um, I'll give you an example. In 2018, Ford announced that it would stop producing all cars in the, uh, for United States market except for Mustang, and instead choosing to focus on trucks and SUVs. And this was you know, a business decision that they made overall uh, for a variety of reasons. Part of it was that consumer. there was a consumer trend of uh, consumers abandoning the car segments like the compact cars and going into small SUVs and mm-hmm. so forth. But that decision that was made overall for the business kind of affected the Hispanic business more because Hispanics, although they were exhibiting the same trade of abandoning cars, they were doing it at a much slower rate. Okay, okay. So we kind of walked away from segments that were really important in the Hispanic market. That doesn't mean it was a wrong decision for Ford to make. It just meant it was something new that we had to con- contend with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fortunately, though, the, the bright side is eventually the Hispanic market adoption of trucks and SUVs began to accelerate, and it's you know still really underway. But you know for a couple of years there, the, the metrics, uh, through no fault of the advertising, seemed. Uh, to go down a bit for Ford and Mm -hmm. but that's you know related to things outside of the scope of advertising really
0: yeah I mean it's still a overall great success story just a hundred thousand dollar investment paying off to where you guys are now with your relationship with Ford so that's that's amazing to hear and we love to hear stories like that so we we found, and I'm sure that you have too, but in the last year and a half, uh, marketing strategies have had to change uh, as the way that consumers shop, connect with one another, and what they value has changed. So what effect has COVID had on the way Zuby works with clients? And do you find new potential clients are coming to you with a different set of needs than was typical even just two years ago?
2: Yeah. You know, that's a tough question. In a way, I think the pandemic has changed everything Mm -hmm. and it's changed nothing. It's like (laughs) really ironic, right? Yeah. I think in the most universal sense, what drives consumers hasn't really changed. I think the way that they achieve what they want has changed a bit. But I think more than the pandemic... The biggest change in our, you know, specific in the multicultural and the Hispanic space was driven by the George Floyd killing and the subsequent protests and the media coverage related to it. And, you know, suddenly brands are talking a lot about diversity and inclusion. My concern, and I, and I think it's up to us who work in the Hispanic market to make sure that Hispanic doesn't get lost in the DE&I shuffle. You know, this recent census release, just like every previous one over the course of my career, is showing a market that's full of opportunities. So my message to marketers is, yes, it's nice to do Hispanic marketing on the basis of having diversity, equity, and inclusion, but the reality is you should be doing it because of it. it's a business opportunity. It's an opportunity to untap new growth for your brand.
0: Right. Yeah, that that answer kind of segues me into my next question for you. So a lot of the work that we do at Claritas and you do at Zuby is to try to kind of eliminate some of those stereotypes about multicultural markets. Instead, we're both aiming to replace those fallacies with some data-backed research. So what are some uh, misconceptions about the Hispanic market that you'd like to help erase? And what are some potentially little-known facts about this segment that you'd like to bring more attention?
2: to so at zuby our unofficial motto for decades has been dedicated to erasing stereotypes Mm -hmm. and we've done we've even done a lot of self-promotion advertising around that theme um i remember we had one self-promo ad with a speedy gonzalez like in a mousetrap like dead and it says you know kill stereotypes (laughs) so definitely the erasing stereotypes rings true for us Mm -hmm. um i think we and Claritas are the same mind about that. Of course, um, I think the biggest misconception about Hispanics is that it's a poor market. And while it's true that median household income for Hispanics is lower than say non-Hispanic whites, it's also true that gap is closing and it's closing fast. Hispanics also spend more in several categories. um, And even when they don't spend more in a category, sometimes they spend disproportionately more of their household income on certain products. You know, getting back to Ford, in automotive, for example, Hispanics tend to stretch more of their household income to get into a a new vehicle. Okay. Um, Another important uh, characteristic of the Hispanic market we've been keeping an eye on is entrepreneurialism. Hispanics, um, you know, any survey you do of Hispanics, you find that they tend to want to, start their own businesses at a much higher rate than non-Hispanics do. Um, And in fact, it's Latinas that are really driving Hispanic new business starts. Uh, So this is an area that very few brands are capitalizing on and something that, you know, we've definitely been keeping track of.
0: So, Henry, I've got just um, one more question for you, and it's one that's kind of directly about you, so it should be an easy one to answer. Uh, But on Zuby's website, your bio says that you lead a team whose job it is to keep the agency in the know about what your client's target audiences are thinking, saying, doing, and feeling. So how do you yourself stay in the loop?
2: So, you know, I try to instill a mindset of continual education among my team. I believe very strongly we should all be learning new things every day. On the Hispanic side, of course, we read all of the industry press. You know things like HispanicAd.com and Prolu, and we follow blogs and sites like the Pew Research Center. We also actively follow the census releases and so forth. But beyond Hispanic, um, we're very much focused on the latest in marketing science. I'm I'm a follower of Byron Sharp. And, you know, I recommend his book, How Brands Grow to Anyone Working in Marketing, not just uh, multicultural marketing. Um, and I'm also a big fan of Professor Mark Ritson and the ad contrarian, Bob Hoffman. I think it's really important for all of us to have like a well-rounded view of, of marketing and not just be in our, you know, multicultural bubble. That's awesome.
0: So, Henry, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it.
2: You're very welcome.
0: Before I let you go, I just want to give you the chance to plug anything that you or Zuby have going on and also just let us know how listeners can connect with you or Zuby Advertising.
2: Sure. So at Zuby, we're going to be celebrating our 50th anniversary next year in 2022. So it's a big year for us. We're, we're very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot planned. Um, on a personal note, I do a weekly video podcast with Howard Ibach, who's a, a friend and colleague He's a former creative who's written two books on creative briefs. So our, our podcast is called The Brief Brothers, and it's available on Howard's YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube and search for Howard Eibach, Ibach, I-B-A-C-H, um, you can find The Brief Brothers podcast. We we talk about creative briefs, briefing, and advertising in general. And if people want to get in touch with Zuby, our website is zubyad.com, Z-U-B-I-A-D.com. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, it's henry, H-E-N-R-Y, dot Gomez, G-O-M-E-Z, at zubiad.com.
0: We'll go ahead and make sure to link everything down in the show notes so people can find all of those links easily and stay in touch with you guys. Awesome. I want to again thank Henry Gomez from Zuby Advertising for being on the podcast with me, as well as my fellow Clariton, Ron Cohen. And thank you to those of you listening at home or on the go. If you've not already, please take a moment to subscribe to The Marketing Insider so you never miss an episode. Rate us five stars on your podcast app of choice and share us with a friend or colleague so we can keep the conversation going. And with that, we'll see you next time with a brand new episode. Bye now.